0: Hello and welcome once again to your regular dose of news, everything that's DC, movies, TV and streaming, comic books. And uh, this week we've got some very special other news coming from the New York Toy Fair, which uh, my co-host this evening, Brad, visited. And uh, he's going to tell us a lot about the DC stuff he saw there. So, Brad, welcome. How are you?
1: Good. How are you doing?
0: Um, a lot better, thank you. I can actually speak again. I lost my voice. Yeah, we
1: missed you there for a few weeks.
0: Oh, thanks, dude. And I, I missed you guys too. You're the best. You're, you're like my um, family from the ether. The, <laughs> the worldly family. So, yes, it's episode 61 of the DC Comics News podcast. We're back again. And we've got a few great stories, starting off with news from uh, – Matt Reeves, the Batman and Jeffrey Wright teases uh, a really cool way of preparing for his role as Jim Gordon. What did you make of this, Brad?
1: I think it's uh, really cool on kind of two fronts. Um, One is that it was the Golden Age Batman picture that he had. shared as a way of his prep. So he's reading, it looks like some golden age and that kind of really ties in. Well, as the story says with Matt Reeves comments of going back to him as a detective and kind of those golden age stories focus on him being a detective. So that's kind of a cool little, uh, a little tribute or a little hint at what's in store. Uh, I just think it's going to be a, a really cool movie. And, um, <laughs> Uh, I, I I hate to, to dote on the fashion again, but uh, hey, last week's episode. Stay
0: with your strengths, brother. Stay with your strengths. <laughs>
1: it's not even a strength. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we, we talked about some of those clear pictures that have shown up of the back costume. when He was riding the motorcycle. And one thing that kind of bugged me is, is the ears. They're just too small. But it's funny on that picture that Jeffrey Wright, um, shared the, the ears are kind of small so maybe maybe that is kind of harkening back to that kind of um, uh, older rendition of Batman so that's kind of that's kind of interesting and cool uh, and I think that that source material has so much that Jeffrey Wright can can use for the character and I, I just really think that still think that that is perfect casting I think he's going to do Uh, a great job and i'm kind of glad that he is uh you know sharing things like that and you know i am hoping that on this podcast from now until it comes out that there will be a batman related story uh you know to go along as this as we get closer and closer to seeing this come into uh into fruition so what do you think oh the
0: same as you the fact that he's showing The original Batman, as he was created in in 1939 and the early 40s, that collection is actually one of the best there is. So the fact that he's going to that level, I mean, I don't think he's going to stop there. I get the feeling that's just the beginning of his research. But like you said, what better way to start? Because Jim Gordon was in Detective 27 right next to Bruce Wayne. We knew who Jim Gordon was before we knew that Bruce Wayne was Batman, because that's the final reveal and the final panel in the original Batman Mm. story. So... Great stuff. Absolutely great. And like you said, um, both you and I cheered when we heard this casting news because we were talking about him and uh, the other options leading up to his casting. And like I say, everything I've seen him in from Bond to Westworld, he is a terrific actor. And honestly, he's going to have the perfect level of intelligence, vulnerability. But when he sets his mind to it, he's going to be the, the, the heroic, strong Uh, moral compass that is jim gordon so yeah absolutely cannot wait and yeah well we've seen batman on set um hopefully soon we'll see some of the other characters too and yeah absolutely and still with uh matt reeves the batman movie more casting news with gil perez abraham being cast as well we don't actually know um the orange is the new black star is uh appearing in the batman but we don't have any idea of who his character is going to be this is another one of what kelly and i might call a known news story so yeah brad please let us know your thoughts on this one
1: i am uh an orange is the new black fan so i have i have seen the whole series and so you've uh, seen him
0: before then you've yeah his- i
1: have and uh and he's good so yeah i mean i uh i i yeah, I'll be interested to see he, who he is playing, but it's almost like we're we're so full of all these majorly known characters that I'm I'm wondering if maybe he'll play uh some kind of a new type of character that really is just introduced for the movie. So uh so we'll see. What about you?
0: Well, I've been chatting to some friends about this and like yourselves they've seen show they've seen the show. They've seen them Orange is the New Black, which, which I actually haven't. And they say that he's a very talented young actor. But look, his look, looking at him, and the fact he's got a slight uh, Mediterranean kind of look, obviously, and, and the surname, and I've actually seen it online since I've spoken to my friends. We're kind of thinking, if Matt Reeves is going down the long Halloween route, could this be Albert Falcone? Could this be Holiday? um oh, yeah. one of yeah. the holidays um because oh. that's still one of the bones of contention with that story yeah. was it albert in the first place or was it um harvey and and Gilder all along but uh that's what we thought i mean do you think i mean, there's definitely a resemblance
1: yeah sure you know it's 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 so funny that that didn't jump out at me uh and maybe it should have but when i whenever i think of when a a, a comic story like long halloween is going to be adapted I always feel like the source material is like a slight guide, like there's little guideposts here and there, but it's not necessarily ever really a straight adaption. So the fact that they could bring that character, that didn't even really occur to me. But that's that's a good theory. I like it.
0: I think it would really work, too, because yeah. Yeah. the only way I see that cast, that many villains working is in that type of role where they're literally almost like little threats that jump out of batman to stop him getting to his ultimate goal so if that's the case great if not well with you saying he's a decent actor then i'm just um looking forward to seeing who he is whoever he is so that's the that's the way forward i think
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: good stuff so he's, yeah. he's good and uh we look forward to seeing him um moving on from the batman uh, another very important uh, DC movie that's coming in the very near future is James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. And for him to say in recent days that he thinks that's the best screenplay he's produced, well, that has got me smiling from ear to ear. What did you make of that?
1: Yeah, that's a pretty bold statement, and I like it. That makes me uh, y- y- thrilled You know that he has that much faith in it. And, you know, I'm so I'm so excited to learn more about this, um, you know, this movie as it comes together as well as like we were talking about with the Batman. Um, what's kind of interesting to me is that I am such a fan of the Guardians movies. Um, they're my favorite Marvel movies, I think, really. And part of that reason is the scripts and that he wrote. And it's funny that those didn't come up in his list. He mentioned his script for Dawn of the Dead and specials, so and uh, Super. So I found that interesting that he left those two out of there. So uh, I mean, but either way, I'm sure that it's going to be great. I have this is one one project that I have total faith in. I think for sure. Uh, what do you think?
0: They are very notable in their absence, but um, maybe he was just uh, playing devil's advocate and. Not mentioning those two films because of the Marvel influence and the way he honestly was so badly treated by Marvel about ancient history that maybe they've just left a, a little bit of a bit of taste in his mouth. But yeah, uh, that's
1: true. Yeah.
0: The main story here is that his favorite script is the new one, and well, like you said, what could be more exciting than that? If his latest project has really pleased him that much. And with all the rumours and all the casting and that cast, wowza, wowza, wowza. Mr. Gunn, I salute you. And I cannot wait to see what you do with Task Force X. Very much looking forward to it. And it's coming. It's definitely coming because the other news on that front is principal photography has finished. Um, The film is in the can. It's now just scoring and post-production. So even more fuel to the fire, I think, Brad.
1: Yes. Uh, now that means that we are that much closer to seeing character designs, uh, possibly seeing a trailer. So that makes me really excited. Um, and I'm really you – know, uh, was it this year that DC said they were not going to be there at uh, San Diego, or was it – Yes,
0: this uh, year, yeah. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah. So I was thinking, well, that means that definitely we'd get some kind of footage around the San Diego Comic Con, but if they're not going to be there, that might be a that might be a little tricky. But yeah, it just I, I can't wait to see, you know, like I was saying, character designs and footage. I'm I'm so excited. So the fact that it's done, uh, it's just fun to watch it come together because we've been talking about this since the early days of this production, and to find it finally wrapped filming, that's uh yeah um yeah full speed ahead
0: for sure absolutely and it's it's quite interesting reading the article further because when he announced the rap he also announced um how stressful and how difficult some of the things he was going through outside of making the film um made this particular project all the more um interesting and heartfelt from losing his father and his uh, pet dog during the course of making the movie and him putting all that uh, emotion and passion into the film itself. And now we know for sure that it's an aside from the original. It's not quite a reboot. It's not quite a direct sequel, much the way that um, Birds of Prey and uh, the Fantabulous Emancipation of Harley Quinn Ties in because she sees the picture of Captain Boomerang on the wall. She's oh, I know that guy. Um, mm. If that's the way they're going to play it, great because it still exists in history. It happened, but this is something new, and it's done. It's wrapped, and it's coming. So yeah, uh, really, really happy, really, really excited. So that's the movies. So now we're going to go from the big screen to the little screen and talk about the TV and streaming news. First off, um, it's weird that this is comic book related TV, and it's one of the things we've been talking about far too often with comics. Episodes of Flash and episodes of Legends of Tomorrow have been hit with delays. Brad, what did you make of this one?
1: Well, uh, delays. Uh, at least it's not a comic book delay, I guess. Um, yep. But in uh, in all fairness, it has been a huge year for the CW shows between The Crisis and uh, Ending Arrow and things like that. So it's just been so much that they've been having to put out that it doesn't surprise me that maybe it is post-production that has kind of delayed these, but I think that no matter what, I think that we're going to get a good finished product, so it's uh, it's probably worth the wait would you think
0: yeah you're probably right yeah i couldn't agree more um the amount of money they threw at crisis on infinite earths was clear to see on screen as literally it was visually the best um that these shows have, have produced since they started with the first season of arrow so if that means they're just gonna take a little bit more time polish the episodes up um, I can not the delay. well actually I, I, I have no choice because you guys have actually come back from the uh, mid-season break in the US um, Crisis on Infinite Earths hasn't even aired here in the UK yet, so oh, thanks to DC Comics News, <laughs> I've seen them, but my fellow fans over here haven't and we don't know when we will because rumour has it that the UK uh, networks are holding off until all the delays and mid-season breaks and then the Week here off, and two weeks here off that we've had since the shows have come back. They're going to wait until that settled down. They come back on a weekly basis in the US, and then they're going to come back on a weekly basis here. But again, still, we finally found out which network is getting Batwoman, but we don't know when they're going to air it. So when we do see oh, Crisis yeah. on Infinite Earths, it will be truncated. We'll only get episodes one, three, and four. So. Uh. Uh, However late you guys get the episodes, yeah. it's going to be weeks or months till we get them. Oh, so, going to take the rough with the smooth, I guess. But um, yep, yeah, those delays. If there's a reason, uh, CW. If there's a reason, Warner Brothers. Lovely. Uh, DC Comics, take note. Give us reasons when there's delays. On better news, an old classic is coming to. The DC Universe streaming service, the four-season extravaganza, which guest stars Batman and many others, Static Shock. And Dennis Cowan, a legendary comics artist, uh, was interviewed about the show, which he helped uh, put together back in the day. And, yeah, it's coming back. So what did you make of that story? Did you watch the show when it first came out? Uh,
1: I didn't, but that's one thing I love about the, the DC Universe service is that I can catch up on a lot of that stuff. And I since the show's been gone, I, I have heard a lot of good things about it. So I'm kind of excited to get a chance to go back and uh, and revisit it. Uh, and the the quote um, in this story from the interview was uh, pretty um, pretty amazing Uh, i i do i have read about that incident the explosion where verga gets his powers being based on uh, a real situation where some where philadelphia police actually bombed um, a city block and uh that just that having it tied into history like that makes me want to watch it that much more and it obviously kind of reminded me of the Watchmen series being tied into the um the incident in 1921 in in Tulsa with Black Wall Street and uh, and all of that. So uh, yeah, I mean, it, I don't know if I mean you've probably seen it, but it seems like this is a show that doesn't doesn't uh, pull punches. So yeah, I'm, I'm I'm interested to go back and rediscover it for sure.
0: It's a great show. It's got the the flair and feel of Batman the Animated Series, but obviously with a much younger lead and. The fact that it does tie into the DC Universe, but it's its own separate thing. It's much like um, Black Lightning was on the CW before it joined the other universes in crisis. It's a cracking show. And if, yeah, when you get to see it, do let us know what you think. Um, Well, they wouldn't have brought it back and put so much behind it if it wasn't a good show. And we all know when it comes to animation, DC are head and shoulders above any other competition. Honestly, they're the number one. And, yeah, I mean, the Watchmen thing and the news item there, I can't believe that I didn't know about these terrible, huge events in history uh, until the creators mentioned them. But they were real. They happened. And when art can imitate life and highlight some of the, the bad things, but then make them positive and, and create a hero from tragedy, then it, it makes it a little bit better, easier to swallow these horrible things that have happened in history and move on from them and hopefully learn from the mistakes of humanity and uh, be better people, really. Yeah. <laughs> what else can you say to that? If, if right. Batman can do it, if Static Shock can do it, then there may be hope for the rest of us. Yeah. yeah and more news on the tv front we're getting static shock back but pennyworth obviously is returning i'm very proud to have broken the news that season two was in production when i met lead writer and uh, the three main cast members at uh, the october comic-con in london but now five new uh, well some new and some uh, bit players from the first season are becoming season regulars from season two and there's a couple of names there which i'm very excited to see uh brad what did you make of that
1: story yeah i'm glad to see well uh, i'm I'm definitely glad to see that it got a second season uh for one thing and you know that was that was good to see um you know um I can't say, though, that I'm that familiar with these actors, except for um, James Purfoy. I watched uh, some of the following. Um, so, I'm, you know, uh, it's to me, it's a little bit of that um, news, but not news until I know more about it. So I may have to kind of refresh my memory on Pennyworth a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, I. Um, I guess my takeaway from this was I'm just really glad that there's going to be a second season. Uh, what was your take?
0: Absolutely the same. This first season blew me away because I-, I would be the first to admit that when I first heard it touted, I thought, really? I mean, they've already gone back to Gotham. Why do they even need to do this? But Pennyworth, as a show, it's in my top th- three or four shows from last year. It's that, it's Watchmen, it's. Um, Doom Patrol and The Mandalorian are, are my highlights for TV for 2019, without a doubt. And like I said, um, the two the other, two other new cast members I'm not too familiar with, but James Purefoy, I'm a huge fan, mainly because, like you said, the following. He mm. was terrifying in that. You'd actually believe he really was a serial killer, but obviously he's been in the 300 and obviously... Uh, tons of stuff over here in the uk so i'm very excited to see what he does but i'm very happy that they've uh they're expanding ramon tickerham's role because he played the uh the uh scotland Yard police officer in season one who was both a thorn in uh, alfred's side and then later an ally so he's a great actor i'm looking forward to seeing more of him and like i said another season of pennyworth is great more uh financial support for my hometown of london and seeing it on tv screens in this heightened reality sense is just brilliant and the regular cast are fantastic um jack bannon as alfred is like they've reincarnated michael
1: Caine. right right Um, yeah exactly it's one of my favorite things about it yeah for sure he's
0: brilliant isn't he so yeah, Yeah,
1: yeah i'm happy with that
0: definitely and more casting news but this time on everyone's favorite wacky harley quinn animated series on dc universe we're gonna have a new mr freeze and a new catwoman and Stella actors both what did you make of that news
1: i am just you know i we talked about this before we started recording but um i uh, at New York Comic Con uh, last year, they showed us the first episode, and it didn't really uh, connect with me. The violence seemed too silly and over the top, and just. Uh, but just this past week, I started um, binge watching it, and I have grown to love it. <laughs> uh, the humor really works, and um, I'm I'm about. Yeah, six episodes in, uh, and in those six episodes, I haven't seen Mister Freeze really or Catwoman. So uh, I don't know if they come in in the series later or if it's just okay. So, but it would their absence was very prevalent on my mind like where are they so uh when i saw this pop up i thought oh that's that's great that's great so i thought that that either means i'm going to see them later on or i'm going to get to see them at least in the second season um but you know at at the very least i'm super enjoying the show and um yeah and i'm going to be looking forward to that second season of that as well Uh, what was your take
0: Oh, I'm so jealous of you because that's a series that actually progresses and gets better and crazier and, and everything in between as it goes on. I, when you get to meet, um, actually, I'm not going to give anything, certain um, family members of certain characters, you're just going to go, what the, and yeah, <laughs> it's going to be great. But I was stunned already. It's just the news that they're bringing season two out in April. So it's going to, it's yeah. just finished. And literally, it's going to be a month's break and a brand new season. Fantastic. But the casting, I have to say, Alfred Molina um, is one of my all-time favorite actors from um, Da Vinci Code to playing Dr. Octopus in Spider-Man 2 um, to his portrayals on stage and screen in the UK. He went to my school. There. Oh,
1: um,
0: nice. Yes, cool. we went to the same school, Cardinal Manning, West London. I shout out to uh, to my old school there, and he's a stellar actor. Him as Mr. Freeze yeah, is great. Yeah, he really is. Yeah, brilliant actor. And sonar Athan as Catwoman, she's got the look. She's got the voice. We won't actually see her, but we will hear her. Um, I loved her in the final seasons of um, The Affair. Brilliant actress mm-hmm. again. Great casting and regular voice actor i mean i think she's appeared on family guy and a few others too so great catwoman is one of my favorites
1: yeah and really that's one of the things that is standing out to me about the series is the voice acting so getting talent like that involved is um exciting and kind of par for the course i think everybody does a great job in the characters that they uh Some of the best voice acting that I think I've encountered in a very long time.
0: Oh, the cast is fantastic. From Kaylee Cuoco. I mean, I I love. um, She's She's wonderful. And she could, like you said, she'd actually play the character in live action, too. So, you know, watch this space. Stranger things. (laughs) (laughs) And let's do our final TV story. And this is one very close to my heart because even though, for me, Batwoman started out a bit wobbly, it has gone from strength to strength. Um, particularly after the mid-season break, the f- show's found its voice, it's found its feet, and it's on a roll. And seeing a little bit of the creation of the Batwoman costume, which to me is still one of the most true-to-comics uh, costumes i've seen on screen uh, was a lovely little thing to watch um what did you make of it right?
1: yeah i i loved how much love and care and thought went into the costume and it and it really it really comes across and you know when you're just you know watching it you can say oh yeah that's you know i really like that but you don't realize the work that has gone into it so that was really kind of neat to see in these featurettes just just You know the it's not as simple as just designing a costume there's a lot more that goes into it fabrics and uh practicality is it you know is it designed you know military grade and things like that it's just yeah it was just very interesting and it made me appreciate the costume and like you said it's one of the most um like comic book um faithful costumes and it just it works so yeah, it, it, it that definitely give me a deeper appreciation. Oh, I couldn't
0: agree more. And the thing is, everyone knows that I'm totally into the Batman universe and the Batman family of characters. But in some ways, it's almost a tragedy that a lot of these uh, shows are set at night and in darkness, because it's only watching that featurette mm-hmm. that, like you say, you see. All the work and intricate detail that's gone into making that costume. It is beautiful. But it's like with anything, every movie you make, like from Lord of the Rings to the Harry Potters, you see the little things they put on the sets that you'll never ever see on screen and some of the stitching and design and embroidery and textures and work that's gone into some of the, the weapons as well. And you just never see it. So like you say, these little featurettes, just open your eyes to the talent and creativity of the people that are making these movies and making these shows. So listen, the, when the designer, I didn't realize this said she made that in the space of a few weeks. Yeah. Blew my mind. Right. Cause you know, some of these TV shows got months, if not years of pre-production ahead of them. And when I uh, spoke to the costume designer on uh, Christopher Nolan's, Batman trilogy in Wonder Woman 1 and 2, um, Lindy, she, uh, she literally was working on it. And the film, I met her over a year ago, and the film's still not out till next year. So the fact that that Batman costume got made in the space of a month, wowza. Amazing. Mm, yeah. Really amazing. Yeah. So that's the live action portion of our podcast. And then we've talked about movies tv and streaming but of course there's more to come we're from the toy fair and of course from comics where it all came from but before that so we make sure that uh, all the lights stay on we're going to tell you about some of the other shows on the network so stay tuned we'll be back
2: momentarily this is seth singleton from dc comics news here to tell you about the spinner rack each and every week DC Comics publishes so many great books, it can be hard to decide where to invest your time and money. And that's where the Spinner Rack comes in. The Spinner Rack is my honest attempt to rate, review, score the top five books from DC Comics each and every week. How can you listen? It's easy. All you have to do is go to your favorite platform, subscribe to DC Comics News Podcast, and wait for the new episode to load up. Join me each and every week as I sift through the best from DC Comics and pick my top five books. Can't wait to share them with you and to hear your scores when you share them with us. Right here on the DC Comics News Podcast. First, there was the DC Comics News Podcast. Then came the
0: Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by The guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I am the knight. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones. I am the knight. We have returned. Yes, DC Comics News Podcast, episode 61. Brad and I are now going to talk about the four colour marvels that are comic books. We love them. And Brad, obviously, last week, you and the team talked about the uh, shocking news of Dan DiDio, um leaving DC. And obviously, rumours and speculation abounded as to why, when and how we found out since and whether he'd be replaced. And now... Jim Lee, his former co-publisher, has broken the silence. What did you make of this
1: story? Uh, You know, um, uh, I was more interested in kind of what Jim Lee had said. Um, You know, I, I find there's something so fascinating to me about the rumors about marvel and dc coming together just from a fan perspective of just the idea of what that would do for collectors what it would do for stories just kind of boggles my mind and i know he shot it down but i just you know it's I, i i guess to sum it up there is a lot of things going on behind the scenes right now at dc that we do not know about and uh, I appreciate his remarks, but honestly, I wouldn't necessarily be surprised if something comes out in the next weeks and months that kind of contradicts what he's saying, um, uh, even with the 5G being a reboot and things like that. So so we'll see, um, but uh, I would like to be a fly on the wall at some of these dc meetings and at their offices right now um it just seems to me like they're years down the line there'll be a book written about it you know so so we'll see and it's it's interesting that that right now they're not going to replace dan which i found kind of interesting you know good for them for focusing on publishing but we'll see uh what was your take
0: Very similar to yours, I do feel like there's more going on than we've been told, but when you hear comments like, DC Comics has been around for 85 years, they're going to be around for 85 years more, that puts my mind at rest. Um, As to the whole joining up with Marvel, while it would be very exciting, I do like the different tones and feels of both companies. I love comics in every shape and form. Horror comics, sci-fi comics, superhero books are my go-to. But I like the different voices that both the companies have. And I don't know if they would become a little bit watered down. And I mean, could you imagine? I mean, with continuity reboots and restarting number ones, which Marvel's actually even worse at than DC, um, could you imagine how many they'd have to rewrite now to... amalgamate if they go down that route the marvel and
1: dc universes oh yeah, see that's yeah see that's part of it that fascinates me is exactly how would they go about doing that because in one point like you were saying that um they both have these different kind of voices and i don't think that anybody involved with either company or fans would want to see that go away so i think it would almost be the situation where they would have these kind of crossover events you know once every year or two where the characters kind of come together but overall they might still be separated you know so that they don't lose those unique voices it's just it's it's kind of it's kind of fun to think about all the different ways that they could go about it Um, but yeah I mean I think that you're absolutely right that that um, we don't want to see these DC stories get watered down, especially, Absolutely. you know, we, you know, yeah. And we've talked about this on the podcast and it's kind of like a, a bit of a golden age to be a DC fan right now, as far as the comics are concerned, because there's just so much great stuff out there.
0: Yeah. I, that, that's, that's my one worry that they might get lost in the shuffle. And while, even though for me, they are starting to lose steam, the Marvel movies are kicking butt in, in box office and and in draw. Um, The comic books right now, honestly, DC are light years ahead in in everything they're doing. But what I wish would happen and, and what really upsets me is still that fan divide. When you talk to the comics creators and when you see what they post online, Every single comic book writer and artist is overjoyed at working on any character from either of the two companies. They grew up with both the same way we did. They don't feel a divide or a a particular loving for one over the other. And if they do, they don't state it. They just love all these characters. And I wish that fans would follow suit really, because I love both companies. I love what they do. Um, and I do appreciate the different styles and different voices. But the other thing that that, that that concerns me is this 5G. If it's handled like maybe like the ultimate universe, if these new characters, this new Batman, this new Superman, this next fifth generation of characters is handled that way, and we still have the originals, the classics, the ones that influenced Everything that's come since. I mean, let's be honest, only Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman have had uninterrupted publication for over 80 years. These characters have had their books, whether it be once a month, once every two months, they've been coming out consistently for over 80 years. Not even Sherlock Holmes has had that. There's been years and decades when those books have gone out of print. But those mm. two characters, have had new stories written about them and published every single year since their creation. So for them to be forgotten and pushed away in favour of this fifth generation would be a terrible move, in my opinion. But if they go down that Ultimate's route and this 5G is its own imprint, its own side thing like uh, New Age of Heroes or Wonder Comics is, then that would be absolutely fascinating Mm because Ultimate Spider-Man, to me is still one of my favorite comic book runs ever i mean how do you think that would be handled if if it does indeed go ahead now that dan didio's moved on
1: um you know i i don't know uh, i i uh, you know that the ultimate comics is an interesting idea but Even that didn't last as long as I think that they had originally wanted it to. But those stories were so good that, you you know, you're right, the Ultimate Spider-Man run was great. So um, although I do think, though, that it could be a good if it is kind of like an Ultimate Universe thing, it could help bring new people, new collectors or new fans into the fold to read comics, because it could kind of start with origin stories and things like that, maybe a little bit. So, um, yeah, I think, is it, is it in free comic book day this year that we're going to kind of get our first view of what's going on with that? So
0: yes, It started yeah. with Wonder Woman in the continuing to flash right, with the, yeah. and flash forward. Yeah.
1: So yeah, that's, um, we don't have that long to wait, so, yeah. Yeah. Interesting times. Well, the fifth DC, generation
0: of characters, for the that's for Oh, very interesting. The fifth generation of characters obviously will be influenced and be taking the mantle on from the originals. Um, I mean, like I said, we, we've had so many Green lanterns and Flashes over the years. This is the next iteration, but one thing that always happens is whenever a character is replaced or someone else takes on their role – the originals in every instance always come back. Um, Alan Scott is still a figure in the Green Lantern universe, um, and now, thankfully, good old uh, Doomsday Clock, Jay Garrick, is back in in in, in Flash comics. But uh, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman—they've had their Times when someone else has put on the costume, and obviously, we had very famous four Supermen in Superboy, Eradicator, Cyborg, Superman, and Steel. But obviously, the original Superman came back, and Batman, I mean, Jim Gordon's been Batman, Dick Grayson's taken over as Batman, Azrael's taken over as Batman. But we always get Bruce Wayne back. But what I'm hearing about this 5G is they're going to be the new wave, they're going to be permanent. But if that's the case, and they run concurrently with the originals, awesome. But if they replace them completely, I don't know how
1: that will even work. Um, I don't think that they could be permanent. Permanent in comics is a funny thing anyway. Impossible. but Yeah, yeah. I think no matter what happens down the line, the original will come back.
0: That's the, That's the aim. That's the hope. That's the prayer.
2: Yeah.
1: Right.
0: On different news, and very positive news indeed, since the reports from James Tynan of uh, his new character, Punchline, interest for his already excellent new run on Batman has only grown higher. This new character has fired the imaginations of, of fans worldwide. And because of it, a comic book that's not even out yet, Batman 90, which is coming out on Wednesday, is already going to second print thanks to volume and demand Wow Brad what do you make of that
1: I think that that shows a definite positive future for punchline as a character um, I, ca- I can't remember that a character created that kind of a stir uh, you know it's been so long so I think that that's uh, a very very good sign that we're gonna be seeing more punchline um, and I think it's going to make that issue the first printing kind of hard to get, so i would I would recommend I'm not sure when you listeners are listening to this, but if it's before uh, this issue comes out, go to your comic shop because it is going to sell out quick this will just I think this is just going to increase demand it's going to fly off the shelves absolutely fly off the shelves because she's
0: only appeared in a couple of panels thus far, and she's already intrigued me but what James Tynan did so brilliantly um, is literally just with a few lines like who's that in the background on that cover um, just under a month ago and then Ooh, um, is she going to deliver the punchline and then his newsletter revealing who she is and she's there to stay and all she wants to do is stab everybody <laughs> um, it's little things like that just like whoa what's going on here so absolutely he said i don't know a character a new character that's been introduced that's caused this much interest so quickly and so much so that the next stories is also linked to her um stanley art lau's art is some of my favorite he's one of the greatest cover artists in comics period he is awesome and another thing that, that threw fuel on the punchline fire was the reveal of his cover, which was initially stated for uh, Batman '94. Um, demand for it has gone through the roof. They're actually moving it forward to issues to Batman '92. I mean, great piece of art, isn't it? Yes,
1: yeah, yeah. It's yeah, it's great. And you know, with all this talk about delays, it's kind of glad to see you know it's interesting to see something come actually sooner than it's supposed to so yeah it's just yeah that um i'm just looking at this design it's a great character design too um and i would say that even that cover even if i didn't know i would kind of be like hmm, i want to check this out so yeah i, I agree uh, it's, it's great it's great
0: the character's fascinating her look is intriguing. Honestly, to me, in terms of character designs, I don't think a character has leapt off the page in terms of their look this much to me since Alice's first appearance in J.H. Williams and Greg Mm. Rucker's Batwoman back in the day. Because to me, again, that's another amazing character in terms of her look and her design. So really excited to see what she's like as a character, as a person, and I can't wait to see more about her rivalry with Mercy Graves, and what's going to happen when she comes face to face with Harley. That's got
1: fireworks oh, yeah. written all over yeah, it, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So awesome. Awesome. Fire awesome. Works, indeed.
0: <laughs> Boom. Uh, even more than Ace <laughs> Chemicals in the Birds of Prey movie. That's going <laughs> to yeah. be explosive. And speaking of covers, finally, after weeks of speculation, DC, and they're still teasing us evil so-and-sos, have now finally given us seven of the eight decades-related alternate covers for the Catwoman 80th Anniversary 100-page super-spectacular and my oh my are they gorgeous what did you make of these pieces
1: oh yeah they are all great um that's always the biggest um biggest choice with these anniversary issues i never choose a cover i always kind of go with my gut when i go into the comic shop but i love the kind of julie newmar looking cover was great and i oh, like that yeah. style of logo It was great yeah. and i i really also loved the uh where she's standing in front of the wanted posters uh that was yes. that was my second favorite so i think it's going to be one of those two but yeah this is, it's just and i love just how they show up from all these different eras of the character too it's just uh so if you had your own favorite version of the character then there you go but yeah they're just they're just gorgeous Absolutely.
0: Like we said a couple of weeks back, the, the catwoman I grew up with um, wore a long purple dress and, uh, and heels. And there she is on a few yeah. of those covers. Yeah. And oh, it just takes me back. I feel like a kid again. Looking at these designs, looking at these covers, oh, it's going to be torture picking one. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, I, I, I never fall for the alternate cover ploy. But with Detective Comics, with Action Comics, with Wonder Woman, and now with this, oh, boy. Like I said, the Julie Newmar one is stunning.
1: That yeah, Catwoman. yeah, really And
0: is. with that logo, like I said, it takes me right back to Adam West's era. It's fantastic. <laughs> um, yeah. Seeing the Jim Balent design, the purple design with the whip with the long hair, again, because mm-hmm. that's the Catwoman that really, that initial one, when she first got her own solo series, it was just phenomenal during the whole Night 4, Night 10, Night Quest era. But again, Joel Jones' new version of the costume, standing by the wanted poster. Oh, boy, it's going to yeah. be torture. And there's still one more cover they haven't revealed yet.
1: Right, yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, DC, listen, you guys know how to get your fans excited. These little reveals, bit by bit, are just stunning. Absolutely great um i mean do do you have a soft spot for that purple
1: dress well you know i i don't know if i do uh it's not that i don't like it i do but i don't know if that is the the version that i kind of grew up with and it's funny because i read comics before that but it's almost like the ones that pop into my head are the more michelle pfeiffer looking costumes i think that was kind of more my my original old. introduction yeah even though i collected comics in the 80s that's the one that still jumps out to me is the um the one that i was most familiar with
0: the year one and uh, long halloween era. yeah right that's the right. one that led to everything else absolutely yeah but obviously I'm, I'm a tiny bit older than you and obviously in the uk we also had a lot of british magazines reprinting the stories from the uh 50s and 60s when that was her main look. But listen, I'm just so glad that the green Catwoman costume with the little uh, pointy mask hasn't made it to any of those covers because that one was definitely a mistake because I don't remember ever seeing no green cats yeah <laughs> no, no,
1: not on this planet anyways <laughs> that was a that was smart to leave that out
0: <laughs> uh yeah that one uh he might make an appearance in the book but uh at least it's not on one of those covers <laughs> or maybe that's a surprise on the eighth cover we're going to get the green Catwoman. <gasps> let's move on <laughs> so a few weeks back dc did again give us seven of the eight decades variant covers for the robin 80th anniversary, 100-page, super spectacular. And now we have all eight, and boy, were they worth the wait. Again, I'm going to have end up bankrupt or have to sell my soul or something to get all these covers, because can you pick one again from these Robin covers? They're stunning.
1: Yeah, no, I can't. I mean, they are all... Even with the Catwoman, I was like, I'm drawn to those, too. But with these Robin covers, there's something that just about all of them. And like I was saying with the Catwoman, too, is that there's all these different eras. And I really like the Dark Knight Returns uh, inspired oh, cover. Really. We love you. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, they're just there's so many different people who have been Robin over the ages. I also love that cover where they're all kind of leaping. Um, yeah, I mean these are these are gorgeous too. And how cool is it to be an artist selected to draw one of these eight covers for for this or for Catwoman or any of these big anniversary issues? It's just that it has to be an incredible honor. So and really they've knocked it out of the park. To see
0: Jim Lee recreate the original appearance of Robin from Detective Comics thirty eight, leaping through the uh, the steel ring with the, with a paper cover yeah. and Batman holding it.
1: That's just yeah. gorgeous, isn't it? Yeah, and I love the logo. Yeah, the, the font, the Robin's written in on that cover too. Yeah, just amazing.
0: Oh, that's the other thing. Obviously, with these ones now, they've got all eight covers. They've actually not got the clean art anymore. They've added the era specific logos as well. And they, mm-hmm. like you say, they just take you right back. They literally evoke the era which they're promoting. And again, the uh, 50s cover with the with a pointy-eared uh, Robert Pattinson's, Pattinson-esque Batman oh. behind Robin and the 60s cover. The 70s cover is the one that's really drawing my eye, the one where Robin's in the forefront on the rooftop and Batman and Batgirl are behind him. That's literally lining the Frank Miller one, yep, yeah, Carrie yeah. Kelly. Um But I think the one that if I had to choose just one, because, again, it's the era that brought me back into comics, was when Tim Drake took over. And that Tim Drake cover um, with Batman falling behind him is the one we were waiting for. We only got that in black and white last time. Uh, That logo from when Robin finally got his own ongoing. That's probably the one that's going to draw me the most. If not, I'll try and get all of them. But like I said, so many Robins. The fact that in current continuity, Stephanie Brown was never Robin, but she's got her own cover. It's fantastic, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. (laughs) They've literally Uh, gone to town and every Robin is
1: represented. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and there are, like I was saying, there's so many Robins, so the fact that they were to represent all of them is also a really cool thing.
0: And like you say, the the conglomerate cover, the one with every single one of them leaping Mm -hmm. through the air at the end, terrific, absolutely terrific. So that's our movies, TV, and comic book news stories done. But at DC Comics News, we have a man who knows toys and games he has a wit and flair when it comes to comic book fashion too and he was at the toy fair and he's seen all the marvelous dc related goodies that are coming our way so brad my friend my brother i hand it over to you tell us more about what you saw and get us even more excited about ways in which we can spend even more money
1: well there was a lot of Wonder Woman representation because of 1984 coming out. But the one problem with that a little bit is that, you know, we still haven't seen a lot of the characters. So they basically we got to see a lot of Wonder Woman and a lot of Wonder Woman in her gold armor. So, you know, the like Funko Pops and things like that we got to see. So. Um, but soon, I'm sure we'll get to see more as some of the characters are revealed. But I think the best stuff was at the uh, DC Collectibles, now renamed to DC Direct. Some of the stuff yeah. they have is just absolutely um, incredible. Especially if, like you, you're you know you're such a Batman fan. Um, they have. Um, the, the Joker Clown Prince of, Time, of Crime statue line uh, inspired by um, Jokers by Brian Boland, Jim Lee, uh, Lee Regermo from the Batman Damned. I mean, wow. they are just beautiful. Um, the the Brian Boland one is one of my favorites because I just love Killing Joke so much. Uh, he's got his hands in his hair, like the Killing Joke cover. I mean, it's just so good and i really like the uh artist alley line that they have out with these kind of um upcoming edgy kind of, oh, should, kind of street artists do those are so cool uh a new joker design a really cool pink catwoman design by Brittany lee was really cool kind of asian influenced it was it was uh, really really cool um uh and uh there was a Batman Rogues Gallery multi-part statue that included Catwoman, Penguin, Joker, Harley Quinn, Mr. Freeze, and Deadshot, uh, which, was, uh, which was really cool. Um, and a new wave of DC CoverGirl statues, uh, all influenced by the art of Frank Cho, which is really cool. So we have a Batgirl, Supergirl, Harley Quinn, uh, Poison Ivy. Uh, people are really going crazy about the Batman black and white statue line that's coming out. Uh, Batman influenced by Todd McFarlane is part of this, an armored Batman uh, from Frank Miller's take on Batman, uh, a bat monster by Greg Capullo, um, another uh, Brian Boland statue uh, in the Batman black and white line, uh, and a Batman Gotham by Gaslight by Mike Mignola, which is absolutely uh, absolutely beautiful uh and uh freddie e williams batman so the black and white line i think is going to be a particular uh fan favorite and as far as like the dc essentials action figures and this is i think one thing that a lot of people are talking about outside uh of toy fair was the deceased line of of oh, figures yeah. that are coming out yeah which yeah people are going crazy over those and they look amazing as well uh, we have uh DC Designer Series, uh, Metal Batman by Greg Capullo, which is really cool. Another Mike Mignola Batman mini statue, uh, a Batman by Alex Ross statue, uh, Michael Turner Supergirl, which was really cool, and uh, Batman Who Laughs by Greg Capullo. Uh, yeah, so just so much, so much coming out. Um, we have new Batman The Adventures Continue action figures from inspired by so the grab yeah. my heart oh and what was really cool at the booth they actually had the first issue um not the actual finished issue but like oh. the inside art and i was able to look at it and oh it's Ooh. gonna be good but as i was i couldn't believe i was able to see i was like wow oh my god yeah so keep your eye out for that because it's gonna be great but as far as that goes uh, we have uh Robin, the Joker, Batman Who Laughs, uh, version two of Batman and Catwoman, a vampire Batman, uh, Talon, uh, Thomas Wayne, Batgirl, and Robin. And we have some more animated series figures, Christmas with the Joker, um, and some more Harley Quinn, uh, Red, White, and Black Statue Line by Stephen Pugh, um, Harley Quinn by Amanda Connor. And I think that really the Amanda Connor Harley Quinn incarnation of the character has become really iconic. I think that was sketchy. one of the... Yeah, and that's one of the biggest influences on kind of Margot Robbie, I think. Uh, So that was kind of cool to see. Um, We also have some uh, new DC bombshell statue, a Harley Quinn and a Poison Ivy Holiday. Yes. So, yeah, so that was, as far as Toy Fair goes, was definitely the DC uh, direct booth. I mean, the, the stuff coming out. You, as a Batman fan, must be losing your mind because... There's just so much, and it just goes to show that Batman reigns Supreme. He's the absolute most popular superhero. He's untouchable, and fans just can't get enough. But the design on these toys is just absolutely uh, just incredible. i'm um, uh, I'm actually kind of making my way and posting stories about all this on the site, so I'm going to try to get to as many of them as I can by the end of the weekend.. Um, but yeah, I mean, check out these pictures online. They're just, they're just absolutely incredible for sure. I don't know if you've had I've a chance seen. to see any or what was your personal favorite? The
0: ones I've seen. Um, we were excited when mm-hmm. McFarlane Toys announced that they were getting a DC license. And seeing those Batman The Adventures continue figures and seeing um, the Sean Murphy white knight version yes, of batman yes oh yes. and these things are gorgeous yes. and when you say I, I i can't express how much i love when they get an iconic version of the comic book batman someone like kelly jones someone like mike mignola and they translate it into a three dimensional statue yes. and it's exactly what you'd imagine right. and they're todd mcfarlane yeah. with the Oak and things like that um it's stunning on the comic book page but that's two dimensions yeah when right. you see them realized sculpted intricately hand
1: painted right oh, it's just incredible it, how detailed they get and how and how you're saying it is it, it, you can tell it's absolutely artists. artist they take such yeah. care into maintaining that vision that the artist has it's just yeah it's wild it, it is it's wild.
0: knockout absolutely yeah knockout and um, to think that the batman black and white range that new one is the 100th and the 101st models in that series um like you see yeah. can batman be touched i have 101 just from that black and white range plus the mccarthy toys plus the dc collectibles i um subscribe to the uh sideshow Collectibles newsletter, and I get press releases from them almost weekly. And when I see some of the stuff, obviously we have to report that on on our sister site, Dark Knight News, um, which is the, the the mainly Batman and Batman family rated site. Some of the stuff I see, the Harley Quinn red red black and white, and, and oh boy, some of this stuff, bombshells. Those designs knock me. I love that whole aesthetic from that era, and the way they've translated the fashions of that time into superhero costumes that are relevant to the characters. I mean, Batwoman for a start, it's <laughs> just <bad. laughs> literally yeah. with a baseball bat. Uh, and well, we all know that during the war, the, the women's baseball leagues took over because the men were all uh, away fighting. So that whole era just, just blows me away. And yeah. I'm so jealous that you went to that toy fair and you saw some of that stuff and you got to see, the inside art for the batman adventures continue uh, yeah.
1: oh, I'm so jealous. Yeah, that was to me yeah that was that was definitely definitely a highlight yeah and i'm going uh, to buying yeah. that book yeah yeah every you're, issue yeah you have to yeah you'll love it of course you will you're you're the biggest batman fan ever but yeah it's, <laughs> well i've got all the others i've got, got
0: batman treat. adventures batman, yeah. and Robin
1: <laughs> adventures, batman <laughs> adventures
0: lost years gotham adventures i've got every issue of those and uh, i need to get them in collected versions because Um, I read them far too much, but yeah, nice one, Brad. Brilliant report on the Toy Fair. Thank you so much. And that is about that for this week's episode. That was episode 61 of the DC Comics News podcast. And, And if you enjoy the show, please talk to us, message us, leave comments, rate us, review us online. You can catch the show on Spotify, Apple, Google Play and Stitcher. And both DC Comics News and Dark Knight News are available across Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr and YouTube. All you need to do is follow us on any of those sites at DC Comics News, capital D, capital C, capital C, again, O-M-I-C-S, capital N-E-W-S. And on Twitter, Dark Knight News is at News com or just go to your web browser, dccomicsnews.com, darknightnews.com, and you can catch all of Brad's work and my work there. But Brad, where else can the world find you, my friend?
1: Yeah, like you said, you can find me writing news and reviews on DC Comics News, and you can follow me on uh, Twitter, FlickyB1.
0: Outstanding. And this week was a bit of a milestone for myself in the fact that... I have now published 600 articles across Dark Knight News and DC Comics News. So that's uh, oh, really good. that's a big number. Until... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so there you go. And if you want to read any of them, the simplest way is just going to your search engine of choice and typing in the words Steve J. Ray. And you'll get links to both my DC Comics News and Dark Knight News work there as well or if you want to have a chat i'm very frequent on the twitter and that's literally at l Stevo, E L underscore s-t-e-e-v-o so that's it that's been another episode of the dc comics news podcast and brad there's something our listeners really need to do what is that read more comics absolutely We'll be back next week. Same podcast time, same podcast channel. Have a great one.